in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. It is Cofield and Company on this Friday. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez down here at the Golden Circle inside the TI. Come on down, hang out. Come back down tomorrow with Willie. 9 to 11 with some comedian goof from comp. He's great. Gooch, his partner on Saturdays. He's already tweeted at me. Come check come check them out. Uh, we'll get into a lot of what's going on in the NFL this weekend, including the Raiders. We break down some of the NFL action. And Steve Cofield from up in Utah joining us a little bit to talk UNLV football and what they've got going on this weekend. But first, we wanted to get started with the opening of training camp for the Golden Knights. I was not able to get over there. I was hoping to. Uh, wanted to be over there, but Raiders duties obviously called. So I was out with uh, them and Henderson. But you did get to you know, get out there and get reacclimated with the players. Obviously, locker rooms open for the first time in a long time, getting that those relationships back uh, with the media. What was the the overall impression of, uh, of being back there? And we talked a little bit about it earlier, but uh, what is the sense of, of this team in trying to overcome the disastrous season they had last year? I think they're aware of it, but I think what they're doing right now is they're sort of embracing the, and I know this is going to sound weird, but the flying under the radar, they're not public perception-wise, but in a sense, when you look at the odds, like I asked Shay Theodore, because we don't really pay attention to the, you know, the bookie or whatever, you know, the Vegas, whatever you call it. They're going to do what they want. They're going to put the lines, whatever they put. But but the bottom line is what they're not – there's not a lot of hype this year. You know, they're, they're, they're not – for the – I mean, the expansion year, the first year, they, they thought, you know, <clears throat> the, the odds were obviously really high. But then years two, three, four, and five, they were favored. Favored to win the West. Favored to, you know, one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. This year they're sort of not, and I think that they're sort of just, they're enjoying, not just embracing it, like to use it as fuel, but more so that, good, go talk about Colorado, go talk about Tampa Bay, go talk about these other teams, and I think that they they like that. I, I think that they're, uh, they're cool with not having, you know, a bunch of attention surrounding them. Um, that's the, that, that was one of the first things I sort of took. They're just going about their business, learning under Cassidy. Um, thought Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill looked, you know, pretty sharp for their first times on the ice. Obviously not their first times, but that official training camp opened up. Um, I think they're going to be fun to watch. I think it's going to be a nice little battle going into through preseason. Um, and, and, you know, depending on who gets a nod. But, I mean, high remarks from Kelly McCrimmon and Cassidy, Bruce Cassidy. Um, but they both look, you know, up to par. Um, what you call it? Uh, McCrimmon mentioned Laurent Brassois' name, saying he's not in camp, but you know, he's a, he he made the comment he's a veteran. So, not sure what that means if he's going to come and challenge. I, because if Logan Thompson plays well enough to carry over what he did toward the end of the season and grab the starting role, Naden Hill's right there as a, as a you know capable backup. I'm not sure what, what you do with Laurent Brassois. Um, Mark Stone seemed to be much happier. Um, obviously, then, then even even when he got back in toward the end of last season, just uh, you know, he, he talked a little bit about the, the enjoyment of the soreness, like as if you get out of the gym, like the day after leg day or the day after you know a push day in your chest. You feel in that day, like he was enjoying the normal pain that you get. Um, 
I'm 100% on Team Jack Eichel, man. <laughs> I, I, I am so hyped for this guy. I think he, I don't think like he has a chip on his shoulder or like he has something to prove or he feels like he has something. I think that he's just ready to, for the first time in ye- three years where there's normalcy in his life from the end of last season, through off-season training, through the summer, through a training camp, everything is back to normal. And I think he's going to shut a lot of people's mouths up. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and you talked about a lot of guys that have been here. They also did go out and uh, bring in some new guys. Obviously, Aiden Hill was one of them that they brought in. Uh, not tired of that joke yet. That's Adam Hill. I'm not, you know, oh, yeah. don't get that enough on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure that's not going to continue through the year. Uh, every time he has a bad game, if he does. What color will you, would your pads be? Well, gold, just like his. They're, they're very... Very, very nice. Well, no, but it doesn't mean that you play for the Golden Knights. I'm just wondering what. I like mean, his are sick. They're, I yeah. like them. Okay. I got like I got like red and black. Maybe it's like you know from from the old days as a, my Red Wings fandom growing up. But okay. uh, yeah, not be, teal and purple. Not, not like high school. We didn't have a hockey team at Silverado, so no, I wouldn't have gone with that. Yeah. Uh, the, the Raiders, the Golden Knights, did go out and bring in a big name player who has had some struggles in terms of actually putting the puck in the net, although his underlying numbers, his analytics look pretty good over the last couple of years in Phil Kessel. And Kelly McCrimmon talked about how he's reignited a little bit of extra motivation coming to Vegas. I believe I said when we signed Phil that one of the things that appealed to me is he really does feel like he's been forgotten with his time in Arizona, and I think he definitely feels like he has something to prove. That excites me. When we made the decision to try to do a contract with Phil Kessel, that was part of it. You can pick that up in speaking with him, that he uh, definitely feels that way. He's excited and wanted to have a really good year. That was an answer to my question because what I thought was really intriguing, Adam, was that Phil Kessel, one of his first answers was like, I I have a lot to prove. Like, this is a guy who's got a pretty nice resume, right? I mean, he comes out of Pittsburgh, goes to Arizona. But with what he felt sort of left flailing in the wind with Arizona, you know, just kind of the forgotten soldier that could do a lot and bring a lot, he feels like that could be revitalized here. But he said, no, I have a lot to prove, veteran or not. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, you know, if you really take a deep dive into the analytics and look at some of the contributions he's had, you would say, hey, this guy has been good and successful. But the stats, the traditional stats that people look at on the back of a hockey card right. have been ugly and not good. So uh, I can see where he's coming from, that of, of trying to prove that, hey, not only, not only are you playing well and contributing, but also you're seeing the rewards for it. So that's certainly... Uh, part of what will be driving Phil Kessel here with the Golden Knights. Uh, your guy is my guy too. I mean, I've I've been uh, very very vocal in my. Uh, I gave you support. props to him yesterday. I didn't. Uh, oh, oh, you did? Yeah. What'd when the recorder went off. What'd you say? We were just talking, and I just said, you know, I just want to come up and formally introduce myself. We've always, it's always been in a you know in the film room or this, so you know with the Associated Press, William Mary, blah blah blah. And, we went back and forth. I just told him, I said, I got family back in Buffalo. I got friends. I got no media members. And, you know, you you're, you come here and then you hear the immediate goes, oh, man. You know, and I was like, why don't we give the guy a chance? I said, one of my colleagues, Adam Hill, he, you know, he, he was telling us on the air. And we were, we were sticking up for you. But he was telling, I think it was the final game of the season. And someone was, I couldn't remember when it was the jersey with the fan. Remember when they give the jerseys away, yeah. whatever. But somebody was hurt. And I can't remember. But who was out? And, and, he, and Adam made a point and said, who was out on the ice and who was there? Oh, one of the guys, Jack Eichel, being the team first guy. 
So I, I gave you props. Good. I'm sure he'll remember that when we talk. And yeah. he, he, he goes, who? Aiden Hill? <laughs> exactly. No, that guy's the goalie. Uh, no, not, not, not the same. Uh, but Jack Eichel, the, the reputation is there. I know you know Buffalo fans feel one way about him. I know Golden Knights fans feel a certain way about Jack Eichel and what they thought he was bringing last year and forgot the fact that he hadn't played in a long, long time and was getting healthy. And by the way, still played really well. Yeah. Uh, but it's not just his abilities as a player. It's not just his unbelievable, otherworldly talent. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon said there's more that he brings to the table. You know, he's a premier player, so those players, you know, for me, always have an air about them, whether they're meaning to or not. And, you know, one of the things that you you would have all uh, gained an appreciation for uh, last year is uh, how hard he works. I think he made a really good impression on a lot of people in the organization. I think he gained a lot of respect in his time here last season. And similar to what I just said to Ben, I think being there at the beginning is uh, is really helpful. So there you go. Jack Eichel now part of the Golden Knights through an offseason, you know, kind of in- ingratiating himself to the community, kind of learning his way around a little bit. And he doesn't just have to be dropped in in the middle of a desperate race for a playoff spot he can have some time to you know feel comfortable and and get to know everyone and have more of an understanding of the building and the organization and the facility and all those things as he enters this season and i know you are fully on board with the jack eichel train yeah and one of the things that i brought up to him i was like you know it's funny because you see all these you know these tweets or i would tweet about you or say or a stat or this whatever it was like yeah he needs to score more now, and, and, you know, and I would, my argument was, you know, he, he is known as a playmaker, right? He makes everyone around him better. Like, you know, one of his most productive years, he had 54 assists, 28 goals. And in, the reality is last year was the first time he had more goals than assists in a, in a season, even though it was a shortened season for him. But the averages that he would have had, that he had, it would have been re- like I think one of them would have been second career high, and he looked right. He looked. He kind of smiled and looked at me. He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I would have. I would have was on pace to get like thirty-four goals. Like he knew it. And the the number is thirty-three point seven. So he's obviously aware. His career high goals is thirty-six. So for those of you that wonder, like, well, this guy's got to score more goals. His career high was thirty-six in two thousand nineteen twenty. Last year, if he had a full season based on what we saw in the second half of the season, he was on pace to have thirty-four goals. Yeah, and and created others. And, and yes, again, like Kessel, there's goals where you you feel like Jack Eichel is contributing to even when he's not in the box score, because he's on the ice, he's doing something to, uh, you know, to take the attention off somebody else, who then is able to score even if he doesn't touch the puck. So, a lot of good that Jack Eichel can do, and I think even more uh, after this full off season, and people might start to realize what the Golden Knights were doing in trying to make that acquisition last year. Uh, he was one of the guys that was playing through a lot of pain at the end of last year. Mark Stone, certainly one of those players. Uh, just a, a brutal year from a health standpoint. Uh, he is back, ready to go. They're excited about what he can do, obviously, because he, he can do when he's healthy. He is one of the best two-way players in the entire league. Contributes so much on offense, but definitely so much on defense. And when he's fully healthy, uh, the you know the inspiration, the motivation, the you know just the kind of emotional driver that he is out on the ice i think you'll start to see return a little bit more and um he talked a little bit about uh feeling healthier now yeah it's nine day nerve pain's gone thank god never been through that in my life before i had a teammate uh, get the exact same thing done at my age and 
just finished playing hockey at 39. So definitely encouraged to, to see other guys' stories. And if I you know, take care of myself uh, know, the way I know I'm going to, I think I should be, should be able to you know, play a lot, a lot more years in this league. I, it, you, right when he said that, I was so tempted. I, I, I wanted to like Google NHL retire thirty nine. I was trying to. I wanted to find out, figure out who it was. But um, we talked also, you know, after the recorders went off, and, and I had went over and spoke to somebody. Um, trying to think. Oh, I said hi to Chandler Stevenson, and then uh, I went back over when everybody had moved over a couple of players. I can't remember, and I went and talked to uh, Mark Stone a little bit just. Recorder off, just catching up. You know, one of those. Hey, you know, back here we are. You know, how you doing? And, okay, and we talked because I told him I said, you know, when when it was announced what was going to happen, I was in the middle of rehab for my knee um, from surgery, and I talked to my surgeon about what ha- what you went through, and he was trying to explain to him. He said he should come back. You know, with especially being a professional athlete, with the 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 treatment and the the doctors and the physical therapist and the, the trainers that they have, he's going to be, you know, he should come back strong. He goes, yeah, I feel great. So so I, I mean, I might be off on this. I have, I think consistently through the offseason, I've been far higher on the Golden Knights than most people are, than certainly most yep. uh, pundits and experts and people around, uh, around the hockey world in general. Uh, I think there was a, you know, again, there's a difference between excuses and reasons. And I think there was a lot of reasons last year why, what happened happened mm-hmm. and a healthy team and i again i i think pete DeBoer being gone is probably a mistake but i i think they did a great job and you know hiring a guy who i think will be able to maintain a level of uh standard around that organization in uh, in cassidy so um i've i've trust in him and i think i think the golden knights can quickly bounce back i don't think it's a long-term thing i think they've got all the talent they need in the room we've got all the ability they need and i think they they can probably have a much better season than people expect i don't know what the number is right now but i would venture to say that the value is with the golden knights to 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 play on them because i expect them to return to the playoffs um and i'm right there with you you know i have brought this sort of comparison up not in terms of that they play alike but just the fact that jordan bennington and what he did for the st louis blues Coming in the second half of the season as a rookie when St. Louis was at the bottom of the standings and led the Blues to the Stanley Cup title, you know, Petrangelo was on that team, Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, the, the guys that they had, David Perron. But it's very possible that Logan Thompson is ready for his, you know, NHL, you know, breakout. I mean, he he he, he stood tall. He didn't have these glaring winning numbers or goals against average, but he did what he was supposed to do in a very tough situation. That was his debut in what he did last year in a tough situation with a depleted roster, you know, not knowing what was going on behind the scenes with upper management and Leonard and DeBoer and the pressure. I thought the kid was great, and I think he deserves a shot. And I think, he, you know, we talked about it earlier with Zamir White and getting reps. Same thing with, with the goalie. And I think Logan Thompson can be a fantastic NHL goaltender. Trying to uh, find the the points, oh, the over under points total for the Golden Knights here as you the uh, wins as you were speaking. No, the the points. Oh, you know in hockey, it's points more than wins. I mean, yeah. wins are important, obviously. Oh, oh points, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the total points that they rack up yeah, uh, yeah. through the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course, it's uh, my app is slow to load right now. But uh, yes, thank you for the the look up music. I think. I'm just gonna say a number, and I could be totally wrong. I thought it was 96 and a half. I go over. 
take the over? Yeah, I would take the over. I would, 100%. Because I think that I, – I'm with you. I, I mean, I – I think the major drop-off in, in, in the book size is, is the goaltending situation. But here's the deal. There's no, goal, there's no goaltending controversy. There's no drama there. Brand-new coach who, who, who talks and, and, and coaches and dictates a defensive style in pushing the, getting the puck out of the zone quickly and moving the puck, moving the transition. It's a defensive style of play, moving transition. And that's that's up tempo, and I think it plays right into these guys' hands. I I think the Golden Knights are going to be dangerous. I really do. They just need to, you know, give Bruce Cassidy time here in the preseason. Decide what you're going to do in goaltender. Stick with it. And, and either way, whatever happens with Brassois, you have a capable backup with three guys to choose from in terms of Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill, Laurent Brassois. You have you're going to have a decent rotation, but you're not going to have any kind of goaltending controversy. Of course, I don't see it. Called up the app, still don't see it. I'm sure, I'm sure the number's out there. Oh, here we go. 97 and a half. 97 and a half. Yeah. So, so someone, what happened was you were right. It was 96 and a half. They heard me. Took the over. They just moved it. Moved yeah. it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, for sure. You know what? Because it took me so long to look that up and I feel bad, I'm going to do a giveaway here. If you want two tickets to go see Roger Waters... This is not a drill. Live in the round, Roger Waters, Saturday night, October 1st, T-Mobile Arena. Get tickets at AXS.com or by being caller number five right now. Caller number five, you're going to see Roger Waters at T-Mobile Arena, October 1st, 364-1100. Call up. Be back. Steve Cofield joins us just a bit. Sundays at 8 a.m. Get ready for the day in pro football with Adam Candy's Sunday football preview show live inside Westgate Superbook right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. This Cofield and Company here from the TI inside the Golden Circle, your spot. For all of the sports action you could ever imagine. I'm trying to check out all these different games here. There's college football, baseball, all sorts of action going on in this spot. And there's so much excitement and enthusiasm. We've got the Sigma Derby. I'm not sure if it's Sigma Derby or one of the other horse racing machines over here. People are going nuts for that. They're watching the Syracuse game. Reno's on. Betting kiosks. The kiosks. You got the Yankees Kitchen and Red Sox. Open. It's wild. It's, it's a great spot. And free parking. Easy access. I mean, this is the place to be. A Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. You hear it in the background. That's the horse racing. Somebody game. just hit the horse racing machine. I mean, plus we got, you know what? We are down here for 35 more minutes. We have tickets for some upcoming stuff. We got T-shirts. Uh, I believe we got a Rebel football game. We got a light soccer game. Get down here. There's books to give away. I don't know if books, any of our readers, if, if our listeners read, but we've got books, all kinds of stuff to give away down here at the Golden Circle inside TIU. For some reason, we're fired up because it's, was that you? It was. I just, wow. Just, it was, my headphones are way too loud. That threw me off. Uh, <laughs> not too loud in general, too loud when you do that, whatever yeah, that yeah. sound was. Um, you were fired up before the show, and I didn't really understand why. Are you mad that Kelsey Plum got an award? No. No, no, no. No, okay. no. 
GQ Sports. I, I, I love GQ Sports on Instagram. Once a week. They, that, make, that adds up. <laughs> once a week they did uh, they on their story, they would, they would post a WNBA player and another WNBA player or an NBA player. Um, and then you choose the vote, like who, you know, which fit. They find they try to find fits that were similar. Someone would wear sure. a graffiti, in a sense, in a sense, yeah. But 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 they weren't like when I say similar, like they wouldn't put someone who was jeed in a suit with someone who had like some funky jeans and some docks and some and a t shirt. Like somebody rocking a throwback jersey and somebody else rocking another throwback yeah, jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just just yeah. So they did this and. I loved it. I, of course, during the season. So I, w- I, w- I really wanted them to do uh, sports media. You know, throw me up against somebody because, <laughs> well, come on. I mean, we already know. Anyway, Chelsea Gray called it out after game one. We already know the deal. But here's the deal. GQ Sports name. They did a vote, fan vote. Uh, most stylish player. In the WNBA. Kelsey Plum won. You were mad about that. I wasn't mad about it. I we want all the awards for our Las Vegas Aces, world champion Las not, Vegas Aces. It's not Aces. our, it's not we. I have nothing to Kelsey Plum. Okay, the, the, the tweet is, Kelsey Plum is the WNBA's most stylish player as voted by the fans. Okay. And I get it. She has become. Why are you mad about this? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Willie said, this is an outrage. Kelsey Plum has no style. That's what you said. Okay, now you put now you're co-fielding me. I didn't. I never said that, and I even tweet. I quoted the tweet. It said that this should have two categories: one with a stylist, one without one. And I get it. Some are busy. They're 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 obligations, so they they get a stylist to put their fits together. And I get it. It must have worked because Kelsey Plum was voted WNBA's most stylish player by the fans. But what about those who put their own fits together? I know who I would vote for in the WNBA. You're you're accusing Kelsey Plum of juicing. Well, she I'm has not, a professional I'm, stylist. She that's, does. That's, that's like steroids. She, she does have a professional stylist. And there's a, if you go look at the tweet, the GQ Sports one of the, and and look at the quoted tweets. There's a, they, they named her her stylist. I can't remember who it is, but she has a stylist. I'm not accusing her of anything. It, she has one. She spanked that person. Does it? Period. <laughs> so, Dijanae Carrington from, uh, or Izzy, I, I think Isabel Harrison. I can't remember if Isabel Harrison from the Dallas Wings has a stylist, but I know Dijanae Carrington does not. She would be my vote for though for someone who did not have a stylist. That's all. I'm just saying two categories, because because the style like if she were to go up and get the award, like let's say you're at the you know the Academy Awards. I'd have like to thank my stylist. I'd have to thank my stylist for for putting for dressing me in the morning. But isn't this like it's I compared to the steroid issue? Isn't it kind of like that in that some people might have a stylist and just not admit it, or just not might not say it publicly, and then you're going to give them an award? No, and say you have I, the non-stylist award, and the stylist like wait a minute. I don't think that that would happen in the WNBA. I think they're giving props to their stylist. I think maybe I, not I, everyone. Uh-huh. Could be, could be some liars out there. I mean, the anybody on the Aces would. Some of these other shady teams out there yeah. that aren't our Aces, our World Champion Aces. I don't know. You loved that parade, didn't you? I thought it was awesome. It was fantastic. It was tremendous. It was tremendous the, for our city. The, the the partying, the enjoyment of themselves. 
I was all for it. The walking across I the street. I talked to people that, that were outraged. Oh, how could you be outraged? The cursing and the drunkenness. and oh, all. Like, That's what you're supposed God. to do. Come on. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, you know why? Because we find out that, oh, hello, they're real people. Of course. No problem with the with the cursing. Are you kidding me? Now you gave me some. I should. Yeah. Ari, make sure I get this sound for tomorrow, please. Cut this up. Get it you to know, me. You know who was mad? Oh, your guy. No. Well, probably. But old man Cofield. Yeah. Old shake his fist at the sun Cofield. That's not how I want my athletes acting in public. It's not. That's not what he said. We'll hear from him. He's up in Utah. Maybe there's some people in Utah that did have a problem with how the Aces were celebrating the other day. I don't think Steve Cofield's one. We'll hear what's going on with the UNLV football trip up to Utah State. But first, if you want to go to 7-0 Brew Oktoberfest, here's your chance. Two tickets. Caller number 5-7-0 Brew Oktoberfest. It's a four-day festival September 29th to October 2nd at the Orleans. Winner also qualifies for a six-pack of VIP tickets. So you're going to go, and you might get the upgrade. You'll be entered to win that one. 364-1100. Caller number 570-BREW, Oktoberfest. Join Cofield and company on Fridays for the 3-6 to six show at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. They're going to go for it. Fourth and one from the two-yard line. Rebels down 10-9. 8.51 to go second quarter. Shotgun. Brumfield. Hands to Robbins. Robbins goes off left side. Dives toward the end zone. He's in for a touchdown. And the Rebels grab the lead back. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Back here, Cofield and Company, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, from the TI Golden Circle. It is, I mean, the excitement of the the gentlemen that are playing this horse racing game is awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to be done. We can jump on over there and uh, join the group, maybe. Uh, but that's the kind of spirit that you get down here at the Golden Circle inside TI. Willie be back here tomorrow, nine to eleven, with Gooch. Steve Cofield will not be participating in that because he is stuck. In Logan, Utah. I know he loves it there, but I I feel kind of bad because I am going to my third-ranked NFL city in a few hours. He is stuck in his second-least-favorite Mountain West city up in Utah, and I think he's with us. Steve, how are you doing? I am with you. I am with you. You love Logan. You love it there. Uh, I don't hate it, but it's, it's near the bottom of the list for travel destinations around the Mountain West. What's the worst? Oh, that's easy. Is it? What is it? I'm pretty sure you're going to say Laramie. Ooh, good guess. I figured you guys would jump on Reno. But, uh, no, it's, it's Laramie. Laramie's the quietest place. Although I will say Laramie does. Those folks in Cowboy Land do drink, and that's kind of the problem, <laughs> my problem with Logan. It's not really a drinking culture here, as we know. That is, that is true. Uh, I accused you before we – stepped away of being one of the people that was grouchy and grumpy about the aces being too happy at their celebration no not at all i was i was glad they were <laughs> freaking whack beyond belief smoking cigars drinking who knows if they were doing the wacky tobacco it was it was great i i enjoyed it i thought kelsey plum went 
crazy. It looked like Asia Wilson had a really good time. Uh, Coach Hammond certainly enjoyed herself. No, it was awesome. And we curse saw- all you want. What do you, what, I'm, I'm going to censor anyone. Curse all you want. We saw that they were real people. I, I knew they were real people before this. But, yes, if anyone thought they were, like, prim and proper ladies, um, at times I guess they are. But, no, they, they partied, and why not? They won the championship. Go crazy. It's Vegas. Thought- go crazy. I just thought that since you were in Utah, you all of a sudden got conservative overnight. Not at all. No, I will try to. Um, I'll try to get as crazy as I can here, but bars close at midnight and one o'clock, so I got to get the hell out of here soon. Yeah, I just felt bad for Derek Hamby. That sucks. Having kids is bad. Enough. Uh that's I. You know what? That's it's a good point. And actually, I don't think either one of you guys was on. We were talking about relationships the other day with JVT, and I was like, man, I wonder what Darren Waller thinks. Like Kelsey Plum's going crazy. I'm sure he would love to have a couple of. And I'm like, ooh, I forgot. <laughs> that he's yeah. he's a recovering addict, and uh, I mean that makes it even tougher. You know, I, I I don't know how that works. I don't know if she like never drinks or what the hell she does. But yeah, for a second I was like, man, I'm sure Waller would love to have a great time. But obviously Darren's got to stay on the straight and narrow. I think he did. I, I actually talked to him about the uh, the experience. I, I think he had a great time, and yeah. there was a moment where he looked around and I thought he wasn't having a great time, and he said that he was just so so focused in and dialed in on. I can't wait to see what it's like when we win. You know, oh, wow. and real, real quick before we get into UNLV, speaking of Darren Waller, he opens up major, major, big time. The upcoming HBO Real Sports with Brian Gumble, uh, Tuesday, September 27th. Like he talks about battling drug addiction and that how he almost died from a drug overdose. But, and and to, be, to be fair, he's talked about that before. What I'm excited about, and I talked to him real briefly, just kind of off the record about this today. Yeah, he has gone in and. Do people know? I think people know about this, but maybe don't know much about it. There's like an underground civilization here in Las Vegas. Like under, there's like tunnel people. Yeah, that have a whole society. Yeah, he goes down there. Oh, really? To help a lot of the, a lot of the folks that live in that situation are are addicts, and he's going down there in the tunnels yeah. underground in Vegas to help a lot of those people out. And that's featured in this HBO doc, or the Real Sports episode coming up. On Tuesday, so, so I'm really excited to so watch. I know it. you didn't know about Waller doing that, but you did know about the underground. Of course. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Fascinated. Okay. okay. By yeah, it. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Well, Steve Cofield is up in Utah for a reason. UNLV, a big game tomorrow against Utah State. Somebody just hit the trifecta, I think, on the uh, horse machine over behind us. So, good for the good for them. I cannot wait to play this after we are done in a few minutes. Uh, can't wait to watch UNLV either. Big, big game for them. What What is the, I guess, what is the situation on the other side as they get ready up in Utah State to play UNLV and uh, emotional lead up to the game a bit? Yeah, it's been crazy because two weeks ago they got uh, destroyed by a team right down the road in Ogden, Weber State, and at the end of the game, Logan Bonner, the quarterback, who you know helped deliver the Mountain West Championship a year ago, is getting mm-hmm. booed. After the game, Blake Anderson said, uh, hey, the fans showed their true colors and really went at the fans. One of the defensive ends said, you know what, if you're not going to cheer for us after we got you a championship last year, you know, we don't need you here, fans. Don't show up. Now, they've had time to cool down. So I assume the herd, their student uh, fan group, is going to show up. And they and they do need to show up because when a good crowd shows up at the stadium, it makes it an even tougher place to play. So th- this is this has always been a rough place to play. And it's been, you know, kind of a lousy series over the years, going back at like 25 games. UNLV is seven and 18 in the series, but right now they're the team, kind of, you know, looking up with the upward trajectory, and and Utah State is kind of scuffling and looking at a season that they didn't expect. Will they maybe protest by not doing their fake stolen pregame chant? 
Uh, you know, I don't remember if they do it for football. We know they do it oh. for basketball, and it's pretty cool for basketball. It's actually it's right there with San Diego State. Who they steal it from? Soccer. USA Soccer. Yeah. I knew the answer. I just wanted you to throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm well aware of it. <laughs> yeah. So last week we saw a tremendous performance by Aiden Robbins. Very patient, but very deliberate. Getting some solid blocking. We're going to see that again this week? I, I'm sure UNLV hopes for it. I mean, if they can move Utah State around like they did last week against North Texas and Aiden Robbins, you know, gets the ball and there's a, you know, freaking 10-foot hole and then he, you know, gets seven yards downfield and then he has to make his first move, that that's going to be another big running game for Aiden Robbins. But, I, you know, the O-line is really coming together. This is an O-line that's not a gigantic offensive line and they went more for – athleticism and they're doing this zone blocking where guys are on the move all the time and you see the uniqueness as Caleb Herring was telling me about Lee Fountaineau who's their center who I think now by PFF for the season out of like 375 centers is the number 25 center uh, in the country PFF has him as the number eight pass blocker but on run blocking centers don't pull a lot he was like running all over the field just smashing people and then when Robbins got to the line there was all sorts of room so um I love what UNLV's done the last uh, the last game and then the half against Cal because that's I think they're starting to get an identity and while they can throw the ball and Brumfield's really good, um, if they can go out there and, and you know pound people and you know and physically tire them for the second half, I mean you've now had three halves in a row where they were the much better team on the field in terms of the, the offense and the run game. So if they can do it again, they could have success here at Utah State. One of the things that has been talked about the Raiders, they haven't had to deal with it yet, but uh, you have to learn how to win, but then also learn how to deal with winning and learn how yep. to be a winning team with a target. And hasn't been the case for UNLV for a long time. No. And they're a road favorite. Yeah, it's crazy. They're a road favorite. So that's, uh, you know, Willie and I were looking back. It's um, just about six years since they've been a road favorite. You know, before the North Texas game, I think they were a dog in 32 straight games. So they have really haven't even been in this position before. And I remember there were, there were a few times during the Sanchez era where it looked like there was some momentum. And that team just couldn't deal, you know, the, whatever year it was, that addition couldn't deal with prosperity. Um, Arroyo, I, I know people didn't pay attention much to this, but probably didn't pay attention to it. Uh, last year, when, when they went 2-10, and 10, he's not a high-low guy. So when they won, you know, he, they won their first game in New Mexico. And I remember talking to him, and I'm like, man, he doesn't really look happy. But he doesn't get real high with wins, and he certainly doesn't get panicky and go crazy when there's losses. So I, I think he's trying to, you know, set a tone that, Hey, now there are bigger goals. We got to two wins just like last year. But look around the Mountain West now. The the conference has some openings to move up, and I, I think this team is is hungry. And, and and you know, and there's different spots. Like like the motivation for this one going in, they were the better team last year at Allegiant, and Utah State stole the game. Savon Scarver, a hometown guy, had that hundred yard kickoff return, yeah. and then Logan Bonner, who's been a killer at UNLV in a few meetings prior. You know, he goes down the field and they score a touchdown with 11 seconds left, and um, I'm sure Arroyo's going to talk about that. Like, hey, little things blew it for us last year. If we do what we've been doing and concentrate, we can win a game on the road against the defending Mountain West Conference champions. That's massive. How dangerous is it, Steve, that all we've heard all week is Rebels are favored, Utah State has no chance. Like, every, I have yet to hear one person say, even outside of Vegas, experts, tout sheets, you name it, everybody says that kind of, in you know, from gambling terms, that's a bad sign. That's a stupid narrative, too. Um, <laughs> if they win this game as a favorite, this is a, it's still a big win. If they lose it, it's not a terrible loss. Utah State is not going to quit on the season. Blake Anderson is one of the top three or four coaches 
uh, in the conference. And even though he went after the fans, I think he did it for a reason. The, you know, he wanted to bond his team together, kind of us against them. And he certainly wanted to defend Logan Bonner. No, Utah State is going to be tough, and they're, they're suffering right now. They're a wounded animal. They're packed into a corner, however you want to put it. So UNLV, if, uh, you know, if they get off to a bad start, could be walking into a buzzsaw. And, you know, the last time I was here, they played against Jordan Love, and they were competing early in the game, and then all of a sudden the ball just started flying all over the place. Um, and they got just crushed on that day. And Blake Anderson's offense makes you work a lot, man. It's a good passing offense, and it is up-tempo, up-tempo all the time. So, yeah, the, you, this is not an easy win for UNLV. There is no – what win is easy for UNLV football over the years? I mean, they want to get to that point, but right now, no. There's no easy win. We'll continue with Steve Cofield, wrap things up uh, from the Golden Circle at TI. Uh, when we come back, a little bit more on UNLV and – Man, there's some crazy things going on out there as well. We'll get to that when we come back. Golden Circle the TI. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., it's Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch, live from the Treasure Island, right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Wrapping things up here from the TI inside the Golden Circle. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, Steve Cofield with us from Utah. Get ready for the UNLV game. You can hear that, of course, right here tomorrow, 4 o'clock against Utah State. Uh, Steve, I'm not sure if you guys talked about this yesterday, but you saw that your your guy with the tirade in St. Louis, he's so fired, right? Yeah, you know what's funny about that? I didn't see that he actually played football at Missouri. He's a former yeah. Missouri tight end. Yeah, but that guy's screaming – B and F bombs at a uh, female co host. Yeah, you, you knew that was not going to last much longer. He gone. Uh, you, I guess you're returning tomorrow night, but we, Willie did pose a question. Sunday is National Lobster Day and National Quesadilla Day. If you were still in Utah, which would you rather celebrate? There's actually a, a few Mexican joints here. I, there, you know, I was looking at a Japanese restaurant for sushi. I just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, where, I, what is lobster like in Utah? Uh, that's that was going to be my. That was the whole punchline for me. Where <laughs> you would you get, possibly you get, get you, lobster? From? I was going to say you can't get drunk and just you know the lobster sucks. You can't get drunk. Basically, you got to drink 500 beers to get drunk. So, and I don't think there's any lobster in the Great Salt Lake. <laughs> I don't think so. That's a good point. I don't think so. <laughs> Nobody's, nobody's out there pulling those things out of there. Believe so yeah, it or not, I was rough. actually, I was actually trying to pitch a Cajun place to the guys on the UNLV broadcast crew, what? but I'm getting a no. So then I did more background on it. I'm like, this, the the restaurant is called Mimos. It was actually on Guy Fieri's show, uh, Triple D, and it still didn't convince him. You might as well just get some lunch and we'll call it a night. Well, that I mean, your your road crew there is not really adventurous. I don't think. Um. Caleb and the engineer Nick actually are well. What their whole thing now is, we're going on the road and we're doing food reviews. But they get they try to get wings at every stop, and they try to get the hot the hottest wings possible. So in Cal, the hot wings were not good. The regular wings were good, but uh, that's their challenge all season long is to get the hottest wings around the Mountain West. So as we mentioned, tomorrow four o'clock, UNLV Utah State. What happens? I think Utah State's going to win, but close. I think UNLV will have their chances, um, so I'm going to go with 31-27. But UNLV could, could certainly win the game if they continue to play. I, to me, if they get out to a good start, 
and they're running the ball down Utah State's throat because I don't think Utah State's defense is that good. Um, I think Utah State has a little break in them with the way things have been going. So if UNLV gets out to a good physical start, they can win this game. There you go. Willie? 31-21. Rebels. Did you hear Willie's guaranteed prediction for the weekend? Okay, we couldn't hear. What did you say, Steve? I got to hear this. What is it? Yeah. You know, Gooch and I give out picks of the week on the throw the flag. So I'm giving you the sneak peek. Usually it's been NFL. I lost for the first time last week, so I'm due to bounce back. Six and one. My best bet of the week for Saturday, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights plus the points. That's a terrible bet. Outright. <laughs> Outright. I'm appalled at the number that they're getting at home. Yeah, I guess there's uh, some big gambling groups, some some real sharps that are dumping a lot of money on Iowa. So only problem with Rutgers is they, they I don't think they have their best quarterback back, so they really can't throw the ball. Well, neither can Iowa. No, Iowa can't. can't. Iowa can't score. Yeah, but it'll be a good atmosphere. I think they're just about sold out, and they moved the game to a night game, so it'll be New Jerseyans know how to get really drunk and you know kind of as you put earlier salty. So. Piscataway. There you go. 6-3 either way. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> you can, can see how that plays out. And then uh, right around the same time, actually, more importantly, check out Steve Cofield and the rest of the fantastic broadcast crew from up in Utah, Utah State. And I, I'm sure the hope for everyone on the crew, you yourself included, Steve, is that the game ends very quickly and you can get out of there as fast as possible. Yes, that's always the number one goal. Leave Utah ra- as rapidly as possible. <laughs> There you go. So check that out tomorrow. We've also got the Raiders coming up this weekend. Did you want to give your prediction on that, Steve, before we get to ours? No, go ahead and fire. I want to hear this, though. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? You're not going to give it up? I mean, come on. Well, I, I, I bet the Titans, so I, I, well, I took the three. Willie? I think the Titans are going to sneak it. Ah, okay. What's, what, what's your score? It's going to be low scoring. I just think the both teams. I think that Derrick Henry is going to be a problem. I'm looking at like 24-14, 24-13. Tennessee, 23-20. Wow. You guys are way too high, first of all. Uh, 6-3, another 6-3 <laughs> ball game. Yes. Uh, the Raiders are certainly dealing with injuries. No question about it. Hunter Renfro out. Denzel Perriman out. Josh Jacobs not making the trip, although he may do it later. He's questionable with the illness. Uh, injuries all over the place, but that doesn't even compare mm. to the injuries for the Titans. The Titans have, like, anyone of significance except for Derrick Henry basically out for this game. Uh, it's wild what they've, they're have they already going through. And add that on to the fact that they stink. This is a bad football team. Mm. This would be a bad, bad loss for the Raiders. Which we've uttered so many they've times. They've had many. Yes. They've had many. I don't think it happens again. I don't think they can lose this game. Tennessee is that bad. They're just not good. Okay. And so the Colts, who was my pick to win the division, and I still believe are going to win the division, uh, I thought the Titans might be their competition. It's not. It's the Jaguars for sure. Uh, the Titans are nowhere in the division race. They stink. They lose again. 20-12, to 12, Raiders. 12? Yeah. 12. I missed a two-point conversion at some point. All I know is the AFC South and my Texans are looking good against Cofield, not to mention my play on Pickett. Are, 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 are my Jags looking bad against the Chargers now without Herbert? 
Uh, it appears that way. It appears that way. So much NFL action this weekend. We'll recap it all next week, Monday, when we're back. Steve is on the broadcast tomorrow. Check that out. I'll be off to Nashville. Check out that coverage as well. Willie, I don't know where you're going, but follow him on Twitter and Instagram for all the great fits. He'll post those <laughs> up there. Uh, thanks to everybody that was on the show today. Uh, Stanford Route, Damian Barling, McFelder. Great, great stuff from all of them. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys again later. And by the way, one last giveaway, 364-1100. Get in right now. Caller number five, six-foot classic self-reported subs, and they qualify to win a Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars.